1: Welcome to the Lady AD Show.
0: This podcast is about books. Anything about books from reading them, writing them, to publishing them, from the technical detail of how to get your dream book onto the shelves of your local bookshop, to talking about the first book you ever read and the pleasure of reading with children. Are you a lover of books? Then listen on. Listen. Listen, lady, listen. It's great pleasure to welcome Debbie Young, and we're going to talk about Ally, not Ali, but Ally, which is A-L-L-I, is the sort of shortened version, and it's the Alliance of Independent Authors. Debbie, you are the Author Advice Centre Manager. Yes, that's right. sounds that very grand um, <laughs> and sent to Manchester, so it's an actual place. But my understanding is it's pretty much all online, is that right?
1: Exactly right. Yes, it's it's an online organization and purposely we keep it that way because then we can serve a membership that is truly global. So anybody anywhere in the world who has access to the internet can access our resources. We have, uh, lots and lots of resources. Um, my brief really is to manage all of those resources that can be helpful to authors. The main one, or the one that is the most frequently updated is the self-publishing advice blog, which is www.selfpublishingadvice.org. And that is a daily blog for which I need to commission and run a new post every day on a different aspect of self-publishing. I've been doing it for five years, and we're up to around 2,000 posts now. So you can imagine it's quite challenging to find a different angle and a different aspect to uh, write about every day. But I'm able to draw on the expertise of the Ally membership all over the world. So I write probably one or two posts a month. Myself, which are generally drawing on sort of the composite wisdom of the ally members, um, but the rest are commissioned from individuals. So we divide it up so that there's a different strand on each day of the week. So if you are particularly interested, say, in advice about writing or advice about production, you'll know there's a particular day that is best for you. But we hope that most members will find something relevant and interesting to them every day. I say members, in fact, the blog is um, available to everybody. You don't have to be a member of Ally to read the blog. And we know we have a huge audience of non-members who we hope will all want to become members when they – because the blog is the tip of the iceberg, really, of the information that we have available. We also run uh, a series of guidebooks, which if you're a member, you can download free of charge, but they're also available to buy Um, I was
0: just having a little look around Amazon and seeing um, some of the books out there, particularly from the Ally stable, if you like, and I became a member, I think, probably two or three years ago, and I've just been amazed at what wealth of information there is out there, but that comes back to the Ally members. And the Facebook page particularly, which is member-only, that yes, is just incredible. As soon as I think, oh, I don't know the answer to this, whether that's from an author point of view or a publisher point of view, just put the question out there, like why is ISBNs important, for example, uh, which was one of my podcasts a couple of um, weeks ago. And already, the replies you get back are very varied. But they're just full of absolute nuggets of gold from people with great experience.
1: Yeah, it's it's the real fast track to information, really. As you say, the Facebook forum is a closed group that's members only. And we have a lot of members who say just being a member of that Facebook group is worth the membership fee alone, although we also offer – there's. Um, a total of twenty-one. We've counted them. Different different reasons to join Ally, including a whole slew of discounts and deals. Um, that's on like, the actual
0: know, um, web page, isn't yes, it? That's right. It's that's the right. AllianceIndependentAuthors dot org. I'll yes. all these um, links later on, um, okay. so that um, people listening can find the actual links too.
1: Yeah, yeah. The face the Facebook um, group is great because we, not every member of Ally chooses to go on there, but there are uh, uh, enough on there to provide you with a constant um, source of of, um, advice and guidance firsthand from people who have sort of been there, done that. Um, There are lots of people who have been, who are very early adopters of self-publishing and it's, it's, Modern form, so they are speaking from experience and from all over the world as well. Because you don't always just want to know what's appropriate for your country. Self publishing is a is a global business. You know, whenever you publish a book on Amazon, unless you don't want it to be global, it is instantly globally available. So it's really helpful to have this international resource. Ally, although I'm obviously. English and based in um, a little village in the Cotswolds, it's quite exciting because I am dealing with people all over the world all the time in my ally role, thanks to the wonders of the internet. Um, and we have about the membership uh, split is something like I think 80% the Americas, 15% I think European, of which Britain is a small subset. The rest are Australasia, Middle East, Far East, um, some in Africa. The split is changing a little bit all the time so that we're getting more and more members in from uh, other parts of the world. We've got quite a lot in Australasia now, which is which is wonderful because they bring another perspective as well.
0: When it was born, which was at the London Book Fair in 2012, so mm-hmm. you just celebrated the six-year anniversary mm-hmm. in effect. when Was it you know, started by, by Brits?
1: It was started by an Irish woman called Orna Ross, who had been embarking on her own self-publishing journey, having previously been a best-selling author, novelist for Penguin. In um Ireland, she was very pleased when she got her Penguin contract. Uh, not surprisingly, but as time went by, she became more uncomfortable with what they'd done to her books, in that they'd changed them subtly into the books that she hadn't intended them to be. So they were putting sort of girly, pink covers, girls in frocks on the on the covers of of uh, what were serious historical novels about the Irish Troubles, going back to the Easter Rising, and they were they were sort of dressing them up to be not what really they were about, and not what a driven her to write the books. They'd also changed some of the content. So she reached a point where she decided that actually she would rather take the power back into her own hands. She had a great deal of experience. She wasn't at all being naive. She'd worked as a journalist, an editor, a literary agent, a university lecturer. She'd done all sorts of things, which meant that she was very aware of the wider sort of publishing scenario and how it operates. And she decided to get her rights back from Penguin. Uh, which they were very accommodating about and to self-publish. She'd heard about the, the, the sort of new style publishing, self-publishing technology. Kindle had just come in sort of fairly recently. New opportunities were opening up that had never been available to previous generations of authors. And so she decided to test the market. But she also writes very lovely poetry. And so she decided to test the market with a little volume of poetry because she thought, well, if you can sell poetry through self-publishing, then you can sell anything. <laughs> and, um, it's quite a rising genre of poetry, actually. Yeah. Coming yeah, back into Yes, yeah, yeah, so I, I, I enjoy poetry. I read a lot of poetry. So when that worked for her, she then decided to uh, go the whole hog and publish her novels as well and was finally publishing the books that she wanted to publish, that she'd always wanted to publish, and getting a good reception. She then thought, well, I really ought to join whatever organization there is for self-publishing authors, discovered there wasn't one, and being the go-getter that she is, decided to found one. So, rallied around uh, various friends and colleagues from the various aspects of the industry, other people who supported what she was trying to do, and uh, just went for it, really, and so started the blog was one of the first things that she set up because, obviously, it's a great way of raising awareness and, and building community. Uh, then the Facebook group. And uh, since then, the, what she's been doing has, with the group has expanded enormously. So there were the, the guidebooks, that I mentioned. Uh, the last three years, she's run a free online conference, which, again, is something for non-members as well as for members. It's a 24-hour sort of non-stop series of online talks that people can tune into. You don't have to sit up, glued to your computer 24 hours. <laughs> it's just a, the 24 hours thing is really so that wherever you are, you can tune into something live in your waking hours, <laughs> um, but you can catch up with the rest of it afterwards as well, more civilized hours. And, uh, yeah, so it's it's expanding all the time. The membership is expanding all the time. We do a lot of campaigning for the wider acceptance of indie authors in within the rest of the book.
0: That was an area I did want to ask you about, Hmm. the campaigning side. What is the actual need to campaign?
1: One of the first campaigns that we did was the uh, the publishing open-up campaign, which was to try to erode any lingering thoughts among the rest of the book trade. That self-publishing was second best. That it was uh, what people did if they couldn't get a contract, if they couldn't get an agent, and to raise awareness that modern self-published books are actually very high quality. Many are edited and written and edited and formatted and presented to professional standards. So whereby you can't actually tell them apart from trade-published books. So it's raising awareness among the industry of the of the higher standards. Yes, there are still some very bad badly self-published books and there always will be because the technology makes it very easy to publish for anyone to publish a book whether they should or not but we have been campaigning for um, better understanding so that indie authors will be more likely to be accepted by things like festivals libraries, bookshops, a physical bookshop, and also that part of that campaign has been to educate indie authors about how the book trade works because self-published authors are being their own pub. They don't have the sort of corporate experience that an author Published by a trade publisher would have, so they don't have the intimate knowledge of the book industry. I mean, you know, what, why should they? It's been an educational process as well.
0: So um, I know some authors suggest just think, well, because I'm published, everybody should want to have my book, yes, and yes. it doesn't quite work that way. No,
1: it'd no. be lovely
0: if it did, but it doesn't.
1: Yeah, the the, the, the sort of the harsh way of, of terming it is to is to say, you know, ditch the sense of entitlement because a lot of people do think, uh, oh, well, I've you know, as you say, I've, I've written a book. Why isn't my local bookshop stocking it? And so what we have to do is to help authors understand how bookshops work, why they can't just stock any old book that anybody wants them to, to understand the business processes that go into running a a bookshop and how to operate with a bookshop. Um, and what a lot of authors don't realize is that, that, that bookshops are increasingly becoming a central part of the community. They have a lot of activity, a lot of events, a lot of involvement with different organizations in their community. Came across a lovely phrase yesterday in the, um, I don't know if you've ever seen the, that there's a, a blog called The Secret Bookseller, which is very entertaining. and anonymous. Okay. Anonymous blog by a bookseller, which is well worth looking up. Um, and she was, she said, um, a good bookseller takes advantage of the evening economy. And I hadn't thought of it in those <laughs> terms before. But she, but um, you know, she, the bookshops are having more and more evening events, sort of expanding their trading day, effectively, to, to shoehorn in author events. And a lot of self-published authors don't realise that there are other ways of dealing with a bookshop other than getting your books on the shelves. And you're very unlikely, most authors are unlikely to have their books on the shelves of a bookshop all year round. You know, bookshops will stock the latest, the ones that are going to make them the most money, the ones that people are most likely to be asking for. But indies can go in and have great events and, and sell lots of books in an evening, build up relationships that way. And in fact, that's what I'm doing Saturday. I'm going down to a bookshop in Clevedon in Somerset called Books on the Hill and spending a day there, signing books, talking, chatting to their customers, and then doing readings. Alastair and Chloe, the proprietors of the bookshop, are, are doing a lot of this. They, they have Lucienne Boyce, another ally member, historical novelist, in there a couple of weeks ago. Now, they're not going to stock our books there on the shelves all the time, but this is a great way to build up a relationship with them. And with their customers and to start raising our profile within the strictures of the way that the book trade works. We've got two guidebooks in our series for Ally, one called Opening Up to Indie Authors, which gives you a little bit of information about working with bookshops, but also libraries, festivals, associations, awards and all that sort of thing. And we've got a, another book, which I've written, um, called How to Get Your Self-Published Book into Bookstores. And that goes through completely chapter and verse of how book book bookstores operate and how to work with them to best advantage in a way that is a win-win situation that works both for the bookseller and for yourself as the author. I think just taking a couple of hours to read that book should be a revelation to any authors who don't already feel comfortable with bookstores and it will give them confidence and expertise to go in and and sort of approaching bookshops with a new success. So there's
0: been quite a transformation happened in the whole publishing world, hasn't there, in the last 10 years, with the independent publisher or the independent author being given the accreditation for the work they're doing and not just regarded as a vanity press.
1: Yes. Partly what's made the transformation possible is the advent of the technology. Vanity press, in in the olden days, um, vanity press, what that was really was that you would take your manuscript into A local printer and say, you know, turn it into a book. And they would just turn it into a book, warts and all, without really adding any value to it or any quality control measures. They would typically not be specialists in book publishing. So it would come out looking like it was very homemade. You know, it might be an inappropriate size, inappropriate binding. I've even seen a, heard of a book, some poor author who had their book spiral bound, um, which is just, (laughs) unless it's a recipe book or something like that, or a how to book where you need spiral binding, you you don't put that on a novel. and so the the author was was just completely working in isolation. Then, what's and happened now? Paying
0: a lot of money for it. Too. Yes. yes,
1: yeah, and also and also they would have to have a, a large minimum order number. So they might have to have yeah, thousand, know, two thousand books printed, which they would be most unlikely to sell. So sadly, a lot of those will have ended up in, in, on bonfires or in landfill, paper recycling more more recently. A, a bigger Christmas present list than normal. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes. Um, but with the arrival of the internet, everything changed for, for several reasons. Well, partly digital technology as a whole made digital printing available for books whereby you can print, uh, digital printing is effectively what we have at home with our, with our own computer printers, our domestic computer printers. You know, you can print, whether you print one page or whether you print a hundred pages, each page is going to cost you the same amount. The same happens with digital printing of books. With traditional printing, a lot of the Cost of printing would be having to change the printing plates. There'd be a lot of manpower, a lot of labor involved, um, in between printing different pages and, and so forth. Now you just upload the, the file to a digital printer and it prints without you having to do anything. You know, you hit the button and, and go make a cup of tea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the, the same works on a grander scale at, uh, digital book printing organizations of which the prime example is Ingram Spark. A lot of indie authors use Ingram. A lot of trade publishers use Ingram as well. It's all sort of scaled up, so they have a book printing operation whereby they will bring together all of the books that they have to be printed that day that are of a certain size and spec. So you know, all of the eight by five books or something. Or something they will put together in a print run, and so the machine will then gaily print off all these books, whether it's ten thousand of one book or a thousand or ten or ten thousand individual individual books. Their average print run per title is astonishing, 1.6 books. So most <laughs> wow. of them are single books, which are, which are printed for individual orders. So it's absolutely, pretty, you know, it does what it says on the tin: in print on demand. As you place an order online or with your local bookshop, that order is then printed, that book is printed and delivered to you or to the bookshop where you've ordered it from as, a, as an individual item, which is Astonishing. It is.
0: I've taken a tour around the Ingram Sparks. Oh, I did. At Milton Keynes. Mm. And it was, it was just absolutely amazing. So I know Ally have got a particular relationship with Ingram Sparks in that you can offer money off. That is one of the benefits, obviously, of being a member. So
1: how did that come about? Orna and uh, Philip, who runs the financial side of, of Ally, they're very good negotiators, And we have a number of partner members of Ally who are um, service providers and they join the organization and then they can collaborate with us on blog posts and all that sort of thing. They also have a space on our membership website where they can offer special deals and Ingram has a special deal that is available to Ally members whereby you're given a code which you can then use to do away with the fees that other customers would have for uploading and amending their files for their books when they upload them to Ingram. Again, many members say that just the savings they make with Ingram is more than enough to pay for their annual membership. The annual membership, I should say, is actually set very low. So as low as we can get it to provide what we want to provide by way of services, and obviously being an online organization, it means we don't have to worry about premises or anything like that.
0: categorized, isn't it? Oh, yes, categorized. Yes, categorized. So um, how much, um, whether you're a baby author or a full-fledged author or an experienced
1: one, you you know. It's kept as low as as it can be. For English listeners, British listeners, it's um, £75 a year for an author membership. I think currently for associate members, so if you uh, haven't yet published a book, then I think it's £55 and obviously the equivalent in dollars. I can't remember what it is for partner members, but it's it's definitely affordable for them. There's also an affiliate membership whereby every time you recruit a new member to join Ally through your affiliate code that you can put on your your blog or have on a piece of paper to give to people um, you receive 30 percent of that new member's first annual fee that means that you if you recruit three or four members during the course of the year that will cover your annual fee so you end up quite making a profit turning a profit <laughs> you know on your membership if you take it's a part There's also lots of other partner members who are offering discounts, designers, formatters, editors, manuscript assessors, all the different kinds of people who will help you as part of your team, because these days the self-publishing author surrounds themselves with a team of professionals and specialists, rather than just depending on the local printer. And A lot of those offer discounts as well. For example, I've got four novels in my series at the moment. On each of those, I've saved probably £300, I think, on discounts for editing, proofreading, cover design. And because I have put out three books last year, again, you know, profit time, <laughs> theoretical profit time against my membership. Um, so there are, yeah, there are lots and lots of benefits. And the one benefit that we haven't talked about, which you can't actually put a price on at all, is the camaraderie and companionship. And moral support, because writing can be a very lonely business. The marketing, once you've got beyond the publication stage and to marketing your books, that can be a lonely and dispiriting business. And having that ready network of friends on the Facebook group, or there's various other ways in which. Members communicate, friendships groups sort of as cheerleaders for you is a fantastic bonus because the forum is really meant to be about asking questions and finding answers. If you are having a terrible time with something or you've just come across an insurmountable problem, then and, and you go on and you say, Help, you know, I'm stuck with this, then people will be so kind and supportive and generous. And you quite often see people saying, Oh, well, message me about this, we'll continue this offline, or somebody's got stuck, for example, with a formatting problem. Which they can't resolve and somebody will say, Oh, I'll fix that for you. Send it over to me. And, and, and they're so kind. And that is an invaluable aspect, I think, of, of the membership. Yeah,
0: it is. It's amazing. And I, what I've found is how open it is because yes, you, you're not into publicizing your own books, but There's people Mm. there who are ready to be, as you say, give the cheers when you say it's just come out or I'm launching it or something like that. So I've been on a number of different sites and and members where you're not actually allowed to even mention you've got a book out there. Mm. And it's such freeing to be able to go, actually, I am struggling with the distribution or what's my next stage now I've got it printed. And as you say... There's plenty of people out there who are just wishing you well. Writer, author, journey. So we've got six years under the belt. What's the next six years? Or has Ally, you know, in the top echelons of Ally, uh, trustees? I take it trustees? Is it a business, director?
1: Uh, It's a non-profit organization, so it has directors. And what's their vision for the next few years? Really future-proofing i am not party to the detail of the of the five-year plan but broadly what we're what we want to do is to future proof um authors and prepare them for the inevitable continuing changes within the publishing scenario one of those which has been sort of bubbling under for a while is the rise of audiobooks those who have already got audiobooks out there are very glad that they have. It's quite tricky because it, it's an expensive thing to produce and not everybody is ready to commit to audio using the current resources that are available. We're keeping people informed about that and encouraging them to use what they can and to lobby for better services, profit opportunities and so forth. But also we're looking at more futuristic than that. One of the things we're looking at at the moment is something called blockchain, which is a high-tech process that enables you to trade your books directly from your website without money as such changing hands and without a middleman such as an online retailer or or a bookshop being involved so that control remains entirely with the author and it guards against piracy and also it optimises your profit. Now, that's something that is very embryonic at the moment, but we, we've we already published a white paper about it, and we are hopefully going to be on the forefront, leading authors to make the most of that opportunity as it arises. Other plans include continuing to expand our range of guidebooks. The ones that we've got at the moment are Very, very good. There's an excellent one called Choosing the Best Self-Publishing Companies and Services, which helps you choose which partners and experts you want to involve and who to avoid. We also have one called How Authors Sell Publishing Rights, because that is something that authors who have mastered the publishing and promotion of their paperbacks and e-books and hopefully audio will then want to investigate, so looking at selling foreign rights, film rights, merchandising rights, all that sort of thing. We've got books there for everybody from beginners to best-selling authors, really. We have plans for more books in the series. Oh, we are continuing to evolve our conference, homing down to two now, which will be tied up. One against, set against the London Book Fair, around the same time as the London Book Fair. The other one at the time of Digital Book World, which is... Big conference in America, which we're now going to be a part of for the first time. We try. We have a presence at big book fairs around the world, but we will remain as an online organisation. We have occasional event around those book fairs as well. Continue to be online and expanding our reach. Hopefully, building our membership. Continuing to build our enormous bank of resources. Okay.
0: And am I right in thinking that um, authors can have a badge, if you like, that the badge of being a member of Ally, can they
1: put that on their books? It's not really designed to go on books because I don't, we haven't really looked at that because we think the average reader wouldn't know what the Alliance of Independent Authors was. It wouldn't be meaningful to them. It was meaningful to other authors and it's meaningful to other people in the book trade, but a re- reader doesn't know when a book is self-published unless somebody points it out to them or, and they don't, they don't really need to know either. I mean, you're, you're welcome to put, to put it wherever you like. Most people put it on their websites with the affiliate link behind it so that if people click on that on your badge with your particular affiliate link to go over to look at the Ally membership website and then decide to join, then that will automatically get you the affiliate payment, even if you don't know that they've, they've done that. And when I've had affiliate members, affiliate joiners that I've never even heard of who have joined Ally that way and I've been credited for it. The badge, this very nice badge that you can put on your website, on your social media, um, anywhere else online that you want to, that so declares your proud membership. We have a few other logos and badges as well, uh, one of which is the Ethical author badge and we've got promotional banners for Ally as well, you know, saying come and join us, that sort of thing. So if we, we try to make resources that are available for people to use them where they, where they want to.
0: I would strongly recommend anyone who's writing to join the Ally to, to just all the advantages and all the benefits that you've mentioned. And there's so much more that haven't been mentioned. So. Just as the very last thing, is there one thing that you'd like authors to know
1: about? Well, I would say join Ally because if you join it and you don't like it, you decide it's not for you, we have a guaranteed refund system, no questions asked. So you've really got nothing to lose by joining yeah,
0: is that um, a timed um, thing is that the first three months or how does that work Uh
1: no I think it's I think it's any time after you've joined I think in the first year of membership uh, but certainly no risk set up so you can join if you decide it's not right for you then we accept that. We accept that it won't be right for everybody. Some some authors simply aren't joiners and don't really want to join anything. And that's fine too. But we are there for them. And we welcome all sorts, fiction, nonfiction, children's writers, all kinds are welcome. Thank you so much
0: for your time, Debbie. I know I've been using the Ally website and the Facebook and everything, but just even just talking about it just reinvigorates and just how actually important it is. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your expertise. And I hope people listening to this podcast will, um, I'll put my link on the, on the detail
1: and that they will join too. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure to talk about it. And thank you very much for sharing the news about Ally with your listeners. Thank you.
0: I hope you enjoy this podcast about books. Each aspect of a book is such a passion for me. Remember, if you've got a book inside you, perhaps a dream to write a book, then I can help you make this a reality. I run an author mentoring program, which takes you through every stage from the initial idea, coaching you through the writing, editing and cover production and all the other elements until you are ripping open the parcel to see your published book for the first time. There's nothing quite like holding your own book in your hands. Limited applications are open throughout the year. Contact me on lady at ladyadie.com. Don't forget the E in lady, L-A-D-E-Y, because I'm not a real one. Or go to the website, ladyad.com. Let's see if we've got a match to make your dream, your book come true.